0: Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I sit down with Drew Neal, the founder of Solutionary Ventures. Welcome to the show.
1: Great to be here today, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. And we're going to talk about the importance of maximizing human potential uh, and redefining the relationship between humanity and technology. Uh, but let's talk about human potential a, a little bit. Um, this is something that I have personally strived for my whole life, how to be a better person, how to be the best version of myself that I can be. Um, what are some of the things you've noticed that successful people have done, uh, whether it's business or personal, that has maximized their human potential?
1: Yeah, so I think it's important as entrepreneurs, which I am one, I run an entrepreneurial ecosystem and excited about bringing products and services to the market that really dignify people with value, which really means that we as people, as leaders, as entrepreneurs have to accept responsibility for the human experience that we give every person in our world, whether it's our, you know, our investors or, you know, any stakeholder in our ecosystem. And so, um and so I I think that human potential really is about understanding human design, be, becoming self-aware so that then we can really shift out of self-awareness into self-governance. And that's really where we can get, it gets exciting because we can really architect human experience that's positive, beneficial for everyone involved. And this is a real skill that's needed in leadership. Especially in the entrepreneurship space because well, this is where scalability is at, is this is where things, you know, accelerate so quickly. And if we haven't architected from a human point of view or a human centered design point of view, if we could say, um, we'll end up creating catalyzed products and services that aren't really benefiting the world around us or making the world a better place. This is kind of capitalism, you know, maxed uh, in the in the negative way. And, and I love capitalism. I'm pro-capitalist. <laughs> it's, you know, we don't have to forsake profitability by choosing people. We can do people and profits at the same time. And so maximizing human growth is about saying, how can I give a dignifying experience to others that will also dignify me in the process and everybody win?
0: That's awesome. It's a lot lot to unpack there. Um, In the beginning, you mentioned self-awareness. So let's talk a little bit about that because that's, from what I understand, it's been a topic that I keep seeing out in the public, just for personal relationships alone, not even business. So, um, give me uh, like maybe like just a TLDR on self awareness for personal and/or entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, so self awareness is actually the foundation of six major components of emotional intelligence. And so, when you do a deep dive on self awareness, this is really the beginning of us becoming aware of the preferences that we have and how we present ourselves, um, how we process emotions. And what, what reactions happen, what kind of chain reactions happen, um, because of that preference that we have. And, and of course there's, you know, a stigma today that, you know, that there's expectations on behavior and then everyone, you know, ultimately I think a lot of these expectations turn us all into robots. I love the diversity of the human experience, right? We have enough, we have
0: enough AI nowadays, (laughs) right? And so,
1: you know, what's true, you know, Jason, for yourself and anyone listening or watching is that you're unique. You were made away with a very unique set of uh, tendencies um, in your nature or essentially what you were born with. But then there's a nurturing component, right? You have a story. You have a journey you've been on that's been shaping those tendencies, creating conclusion, creating bias, creating um, um, the the propensity to think and believe a certain way, which then offers an experience when you become self-aware, you can then decide if you like the instincts that you're moving in or if you want to adjust those to have different interactions with people. And this is really an exercise in personal responsibility, right? And, and, saying- and
0: how do you actually like, – like everything you're saying is very interesting. How do you translate that and kind of integrate that with, say, a business that you're running with employees and then – Make it so that they can also benefit from this?
1: Yeah, well, what this is really an exercise in is authenticity. And, you know, authenticity is something that uh, gets clouded inside of political interactions. Because let's just face it, politics are inauthentic. It's representing something externally with something internally also being advanced that isn't communicated, it's not seen, it's a dual agenda. And so oftentimes in our leadership, we're forced into political situations where we are driving an external outcome with a secondary internal Uh, agenda that's not on the table. Right. And so when we become aware of ourselves and aware, once again, the skills you use to develop yourself, you're then going to gain the ability to um, understand others.
0: It's got to work externally.
1: Right. Which then allows your empathy to increase. It allows your human awareness to increase. And if you're authentic to yourself and you communicate well, you live out boundaries, you're going to be able to invite your workforce, your team that you're leading, the employees you're employing, whatever situation of leadership you're in, you're going to invite them into a situation that's going to be much more authentic because you're going to have permission to be yourself.
0: Now, let's say and- you're being yourself. Let's say you're, let's say you're being authentic. Let's see that you're you're self-aware. Let's say all these things. And you yourself are growing as a person, as a leader, as an employer, but you're just not seeing the same return on your investment from your employees, even though you're trying your best to be authentic and self-aware and empathetic and all these things. And the challenges you're facing with your employees, you're just not able to get that growth that you want on their personal growth. How do you, how do you navigate that? Because that's a really big struggle for a lot of business owners.
1: Yeah, and this is really the bread and butter of a lot of the training that I'm doing right now is understanding the difference between the individual versus the culture of the company. And when when these types of values are not being implemented to govern human behavior, let's take authenticity as a value. When it's not being implemented into the workforce, that's a cultural issue from the top of leadership. And so I really believe we need to reimagine thriving cultures that allow us to intentionally create an environment where we attract a workforce that's already going to be mostly aligned before they even walk in the door. So it can be very, very difficult if you're on an existing team with an existing culture. These types of values of authenticity, vulnerability, um, permission so this, to be of, it's, it's very disruptive.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going off of what you're saying here. So it sounds like what you just said in a nutshell is you have to include your culture or your vision or both in your onboarding process. If so, how do you do that? Once again, I'm going to ask you a lot of how do you do that? Um, how do you include that in your onboarding process?
1: Yeah. So I think companies have to have clarity in their why, and and the why is really the impactful result on humans as a result of their product or service. There's an increasing social and emotional intelligence that's requiring businesses to live, lead, and operate from that same point of view, which when we elevate our why, we're gonna be able to really understand if the impact of our organization is aligned with the individual. We'll find out how socially or emotionally intelligent is the potential hire. Do they have an understanding of why or meaning of their lives? And is there a, is there
0: a tactic to de- to determine that?
1: Well, well, certainly. I mean, you, either people are aware or they're not.
0: How, but, how do you, but how do you how do you figure that out for, though? Like, if you're not, you know, an expert at figuring that out, like, what, what, is there a, certain questions you ask or?
1: Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, the why of, you know, solutionary ventures is to really dignify leaders with value and give them permission to be themselves by helping them to think differently on their human design. So when I, when you see yourself different, you can then lead others differently. And so when I show up, I'm really focused on leaders. I'm showing up on to bring architecture and design change and bringing these things um into their their realm, and so the employees that I'm hiring they need a high integration motivation, meaning okay. they need to be thinking at an integrative from an integrative mindset and so and so also they have to have some level of appreciation for leadership they have to be motivated to want to see leaders succeed. And so I'll ask them in an interview process, what's been your experience in leadership? What's your perception of leadership? Are, you know, if, if, if there could be a cause connected to leadership that you would want to champion, what would it be? And mm. you just try to understand if, if they're aware of themselves enough in their own design of their preferences of things they enjoy, things that motivate them. To understand where the link from their competency, from a hard skill standpoint, is connected to their human skills. What right. we used to call soft skills. And right, I don't right. think there's talked about it. <laughs> I think it's just human dignity, yeah?
0: Yeah, I like that. That's, that's really, really good. So, um, obviously, everything that you're talking about also assumes that you're already a great leader. But what if you're not? What if you're a new entrepreneur, but you fell into this business that is successful and but you find yourself to be a bit of a tyrant or just not a nice person or not empathetic. What are some of the things you can do to grow as a better leader? What are like the top three tips?
1: Well, I think it really comes down to how we define success. You know, it sounds like that person made some money. Right. (laughs) But no one likes (laughs) that. That's successful. Um, sounds pretty lonely to me is what it sounds like. (laughs) And I've been there before. I've made money and didn't have anybody to share it with. Um, because it was a very isolated path to get there, and ultimately most entrepreneurs dreams that I talked to now i 've worked with over you know nearly a thousand entrepreneurs've done my training program wow. I worked with two hundred and fifty companies now um around the world inside of twenty countries, and what i've found that's consistent is that entrepreneurs want to have control of their time it 's one of the greatest motivators for why they started a business. Well, there's no greater way to have control of your time and to raise up a powerful team who can run the company the way that you would run it, even if you're not present. Right. And so understanding yourself and doing the work to grow as a leader that way will increase your competency at acquiring talent that would want to work in an environment that suits you as well. And so the more aligned the workforce is with who you are as an individual and, and from a healthy point of view, meaning we've done work. The more successful we are going to be at sustaining that company long term, to magnify the impact, and to find that scalability um, from a legacy point of view, and not just, uh, hey, the last five years I ten x and now what's next? Right. And, and and so that really is the challenge to overcome: is am I willing to do the work myself to grow? And uh, you know, lots of smart people out there that can grow systems. But no longer can we just sweep human experience under the rug. Uh, the culture is demanding it. And I really believe that we just need to embrace it. Um, I don't think Makes we – not so long ago, this was true. This statement was true, and it's no longer true. But I'll say the, the untruth first. And it's that if I stop for people, I will be less profitable.
0: That oh, was that? true
1: previously. Yeah. But I believe there's been a shift in the market where consumers today – want socially and emotionally responsible brands absolutely
0: to interact 100% and before we run out of time let's do um let's do the redefining of the relationship between humanity and technology because we have about a minute and a half left and it's a big topic so let's try to condense it in like a 60 second kind of uh explanation of what that is and how people can uh use it
1: yeah ultimately we need people who are self-aware as we just spoke about to do their work to be mindful of the impact of humans so that we can govern technology, build technology, write code in a way that doesn't manipulate the culture, but benefits the culture. Right now, I believe coders are the most impactful people in the world right now. Nobody knows their name. No one elected them to a position. No one knows how much they're getting paid. And they're sitting in a base, dark basement somewhere <laughs> building the psychological and sociological experiences of everyone's daily interactions. It's true. Scroll up, swipe left, swipe right. The direction of my finger was dictated by a 22-year-old kid in a basement somewhere. And my human behavior, I can either be instinctual about that or I can be intentional about that. And there's a need for transparency inside of technology where we're understanding human governance in this space. The challenge with AI is that AI is built off of prior data sets, or prior human behavior that created a data set, which means it's a hopeless perspective because the second chance defies the data set. And so for human growth potential to be there, we need the opportunity to be bigger than our prior data, which means AI has a long way to go and it needs to Absolutely. be regulated.
0: I agree 100%. Um, tell us a little bit about where we can find out more about what you do and, and how people can find you online and things like that.
1: Yeah, certainly. I run an ecosystem and so there's a lot of options there to bring impact, but drewneal.com is the beginning. Go to drewneal.com and people can connect with some of the cultural architecting. And, uh, I really, I really want to be able to, to, to bring voice to leaders as, as a beginning of building a relationship with them. So love workshops with teams and, Keynotes and speaking events are a great way to, for us to get introduced and connect. Other podcasts as well, if you're listening right now and you're looking for podcasts interviews, i very happy to do those right now. You can go to DrewNeal.com and find out all the details.
0: And also uh, check out SolutionaryVentures.com. And thanks again, Drew, for coming. This was very interesting. I hope you guys learned something and we'll see you guys all in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at JasonSherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.